0: mic 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 check all right welcome back to the playgrounder nba trade pod i am your host rob shaw aka the pod god and today we have our second official member of the playgrounder team staff conglomerate on the trade pod ladies and gentlemen say hello to jesse Sinquini. jesse say what up to the people
1: What's up guys? I'm I'm really happy to be here and thanks again, Rob, for having me on.
0: No, no problem. Thanks for coming on. All right. Where can they find your work? What just just, I like to let the audience get to know the guest.
1: Yeah, so um like you mentioned you can find me at the playgrounder. Um I I'm a writer there. And um you can also find me at Grizzly Bear Blues, which is um the SB Nation website that covers the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm a contributor there. Um, And you can follow me on Twitter at at Jesse, where I just post links to my articles. And and that's my personal account as well. All
0: right. You just plugged your Twitter. I don't know if you know yet. Your last name might be tough to spell. So can you just spell it out? for uh, (laughs) Spell your at.
1: Of course. so Cinquini is spelled C-I-N-Q-U-I-N-I, and then Jesse is J-E-S-S-E.
0: All right. So you work at Grizzly Bear Blues. You're a contributor there. Does that make you a Grizz fan?
1: Um, it does not. I I've, I've grown I up in <clears throat> I've grown up in Boston. Um, I'm a Celtics fan, like first and foremost. Um but I love writing about basketball and I applied to become a contributor for grizzly bear blues. And I was lucky enough to, I was lucky enough to be in this position, but, um, I would, def- I would definitely say I'm a Celtics fan at heart.
0: Y'all heard that guys, his pen is so nice that the grizzly bear blues was like, Oh, you like the Celtics. Well, just come right for us. Cause your pen is that nice.
1: <laughs> I appreciate it.
0: Um, So you're in the Boston area?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Do any of your trades involve the Boston Celtics today?
1: Surprisingly, they do not.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. All right, let me just give this quick little speech. For those of you who are new to the Playground or NBA trade pod, I will listen to Jesse's or whoever the guest is trade proposal. We use TradeNBA.com because it is the best trade machine in the business. Bar none. I tell you guys all the time, I'm a sucker for draft picks. TradeNBA.com allows me to look at the team's assets in their war chest and say, hey, ooh, that unprotected pick that they own from Team X, I'd like to throw that in this deal. So the guest is going to pitch their trade. We will talk like two GMs over All-Star weekend sharing a bourbon. And we'll tweak the trades. That's, that's my speech. Jesse, you have any questions? I do not. All right. So pitch me your first trade. Welcome to the Shark Tank.
1: Thank you. Um, should I pitch the, the very large and complicated trade first or the more traditional one?
0: All right. Um, let's start more traditional and then let's work our way up to the large and complicated.
1: Okay, so my first trade um I'm just obviously you've heard that you've heard about the rumblings in Houston with Westbrook and Harden um just what well, I'm it seems like the whole roster in Houston's sort of a mess. I mean, down there and that made me think why not why not try to come up with a a trade a <clears throat> a trade for James Harden that would benefit both sides, I think. And so, this my first trade is between the Rockets and the Clippers. And,
0: okay.
1: And the Clippers, they'll just receive James Harden in this trade. And the Rockets, they're going to land a package of players. So, they're going to get Landry Shamit, Sh- Landry Avicah Zubac, Paul George, and Lou Williams. And Lou Williams. Ooh.
2: So Lou Will coming back to Houston. You know he loves Houston.
1: He was great there, yeah.
2: And. Podcasting. potting. Um sorry about that. And who was the last one?
1: Um so who Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit, Zubach, Paul George Blue Will and PG. Yeah. hmm
2: Okay. And we've had a similar trade to this. Um Lou Will was not in
0: our last trade like this. But it did send Paul George
2: to Houston as, like, the big trade ship. Let's see. So it is
0: a projected plus six wins for the Clippers and a minus six for the Rockets. Pitch it to me from the Rockets'
2: perspective.
1: Okay, so... I mean, I just don't see the rockets landing a player better than paul george from any team in a hypothetical deal for harden um i feel like paul george's value is probably at an all-time low now um but i think it's bound to i think it's bound to rise once again especially if he finds himself in a different situation where he's that lead guy um i think he'll be he'd be terrific in houston um and not only that but we both know that the Rockets have have really no bigs, no no like no legit bigs, but Zubach is that. Um he can protect the rim, he can score inside. Um and then you have Landry Shamid, who's a very a very nice young player. He's a terrific shooter, good defender, and he's very young. He still has room to grow and I think he'll improve. And then Wrapping it up with Lou Williams, I mean, just a guy that can get you buckets. And, I mean, he's an expiring deal. He's only getting paid $8 million. Even if he's not a long guy that stays in Houston long term, he's just someone that you can't go wrong with having on your ball club.
0: All right, so my first question is, in this deal, or in this scenario where this deal happens, do the Rockets keep Russell Westbrook?
1: I don't think they do because because Paul George and Westbrook already spent some time together in OKC, and I don't think and that didn't work out too great. I know that the that the Rockets have well, would have a different team around them, but I think that the Rockets are probably just going to blow things up, especially with Westbrook saying that, that he wants out of Houston. I really don't think. I mean after considering that's been leaked to the public and everyone knows about it it's going to be hard for him to go back on that and say no I'm going to stay in Houston I just don't really picture that happening
0: All right and from a Clippers perspective you've just amassed more talent correct
1: Exactly and um as we saw in the playoffs I don't think the Clippers really had much of a dependable, reliable ball handler, someone who can create scoring opportunities for himself as well as others. And Hart, there might be no guy better in the league at that than James Harden. Um, You know, one of the best scorers the league has ever seen, in my opinion, a tremendously underrated passer. Um, Him and him alongside Kawhi Leonard, I just think would be a joy to watch. And, and if the the Clippers get James Harden, I think the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers, um, they should be a little a little frightened.
2: <laughs> if you think Harden and Kawhi can work together, it just makes them dangerous.
0: Because I think most reasonable people would agree that those are two of the top six players in the world. Um, like it's cl- do you want to just do a who are your top 6 in the world right now like no order but just roughly
1: So Kawhi LeBron James Harden Giannis Um after that it gets tough Anthony Davis probably He's and
0: Stefan Durant when they're healthy right
1: Right yeah
0: but like that's the that's the group, that's the upper echelon, and you can order those guys anyway, and there's probably, like, that's the highest tier of basketball, but there's probably a tier within that tier. Like, after, for me, after LeBron and KD, or healthy KD, there's a gap, and then, like, the next tier within that tier. I agree. (laughs) All right, so... Where would you—you would—we've already made the Clippers—I'm sorry, I won't speak for you. Last year, I made the Clippers an instant contender when once they got um, PG and Kawhi. And then they weren't able to really string it together or show the proper chemistry. Are we—would we be doing the same thing with Harden and Kawhi? Is this team an instant contender?
1: Well that's a that's a great question and I I do think they're a contender and I, and I, regardless of how the Clippers finished last season I would still argue that they were a contender um it just I feel like chemistry is one of those things that is like unpredictable and um you can't I mean you can control it but I wouldn't say like um it's just like <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting like... You're fine. Um,
0: so uh, how about a different question? Is this team being a contender? You've given up Zubac, Samet, and Lou Williams. Is this team being a contender uh, contingent upon re-signing uh, Montrezl Harrell? Is that something you have to do? Or do you think they go after somebody different for the Kawhi-Harden pairing?
1: Um, I... I definitely don't think it's a must that they bring back Harrell. Um, during the playoffs, his his minutes went down, and so did his production. Um, defensively, he's not very good. I mean, he's 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 not switchable. He's not quick on his feet. Um, he closed in in the pick and roll defense during the postseason. Uh, teams like to go at him, and um, so I definitely don't think he's a must for. He's, a must. He's not a must for the Clippers for future success. I think that they should target someone else. Um, someone like Serge Ibaka, for the, for the mid-level exception, would be, I think, a match made in heaven. Especially when you're getting someone like James Harden, a pick-and-pop duo of Harden and Ibaka. I think that would be lethal.
0: I hadn't thought of for the Clippers but I had heard rumblings of him to the Lakers so maybe we do just move him over to that other LA team you can he spaces the floor and he's a good rim protector he's got to be one of the like for contenders he's got to be one of the hottest names on anybody's list as far as what he can do to help your team win now
1: I mean, I, yeah, I've I've campaigned for him to, to sign with the Celtics for a long time now. <laughs> he would be perfect in Boston, and he'd be perfect on basically any contender.
0: All right, so that is trade one. Um, I don't think the Rockets are going to move off of James Harden, but if they did, this is the type of package you're getting a you get a big name back. And you get some guys that, like, they fill in nice. Shamit, like you said, is young, and I'm still, I I haven't sold any of my Landry Shamit stock. Like, I'm keeping that tucked away and hoping one of these days that investment booms for me.
2: All right, and you have a big trade. So... I do. All right, shoot your shot, Jesse. Here we go.
1: So, there's kind of like a lot of pieces to this. Should I just like go over like what each tri- what each team gets, like like team by yep. team? Or...
2: Yeah. Right,
0: yep. Just start me with the first two teams.
1: Okay. So, this is a three-team trade between the Milwaukee Bucks, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Charlotte Hornets.
0: Okay. Thunder, I have. I have the Bucks. And who's our third team?
1: Uh, the Charlotte Hornets.
0: I don't think I've had the Hornets involved in any trades yet. All right. <clears throat> what do you have for me?
1: So I'm going to start out with the, who the Bucks receive first. Um, so Milwaukee's going to get Chris Paul from the Thunder. They're going to get Malik Monk from the Hornets. And they're going to get a 2021 first-round pick from the Thunder, which is a swap between, Miami, between the better of Miami and Houston's picks. Okay, yep, I
0: see that pick right here. Um, are there any protections on it or just straight up to the Bucks? no protection?
1: Just straight up, yes. Okay. Um, so next up, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder. And first off, they're getting Eric Bledsoe from the Milwaukee Bucks. OK.: They are getting Cody Zeller from the Charlotte Hornets.:
2: Cody Zeller: Oh, was he supposed to be special when he came out in the draft?:
1: <coughs> All I, right. I remember people were high on him during college, yeah. <laughs> but, All right, um,
0: Zeller Led and who else?:
1: So you have Zeller down, right?
0: Yep, Zeller and Bledsoe to the Thunder. And a
1: 2021 second round pick from Charlotte, which is technically Brooklyn's.
0: 2021 second round pick. And this is the Brooklyn one.
1: Okay. Um, so, next up, there's a 2022 second round pick coming in from the Milwaukee Bucks. <clears throat> and it's, it's their pick. It's the Bucks pick.
2: Bucks
0: pick not Indiana's, all right? I see that.
1: Then we have a 2023 first round pick coming in from the Bucks and that is top 8 protected.
0: Top 8 protected, got it. And that's going to the Thunder as well. Yes. Okay.
1: And lastly, we have well, <coughs> lastly for the Thunder, we have a another first round pick. This time it's in 2022, it's lottery protected and it's from the Hornets.
0: 2022
2: round one, lottery protected. All right.
0: Oops, I didn't send that to the Thunder. All right. And what are the Hornets receiving?
1: The Hornets are getting a lot of players. So, uh, first up, we have er- they're getting Irsan Ilyasova from the Bucks.
2: Lee soba trade to the Hornets.
1: They're getting George Hill.
2: Steady Georgie. Got they're, it.
1: They're getting the expiring contract of Stephen Adams.
2: Oh, Stephen Adams, a Thunder staple. All right. They're getting DJ Wilson from the Bucks. C.J. Wilson to the Hornets. Okay.
1: And these last two players are probably the best players that the Bucks are getting. and Well, the most valuable long-term pieces that they're getting, which is Dante DiVincenzo and Darius Baisley.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. All right. And is that our whole trade?
1: That's the whole trade. <laughs>
0: All right, let's punch it into the machine. I know it's going to work because you are a professional. And we have it here. I'm just going to recap it really quickly. The three teams are the Thunder, the Bucks, and the Hornets. The Thunder will be receiving Eric Bledsoe, Cody Zeller, a 2021 second-round pick from the Hornets via Brooklyn, a 2022 second-round pick from the Bucks, a 2023 Round One Top Eight protected pick from the Bucks, and a 2022 Round One Lottery protected pick from the Hornets. The Bucks will be receiving Chris Paul from the Oklahoma City Thunder and Malik Monk from the Charlotte Hornets, as well as a 2021 Round One pick from the thunder which comes from miami which is a pick swap between houston and miami wow that last pick is very complex and the hornets will be receiving ursan eliasova steady george hill stephen adams dj wilson dante v vincenzo aka the big ragu and darius Basley. And it is crazy on the screen right now. <clears throat> okay. Pitch it to me from a Thunder perspective. Why do the Thunder do this deal?
1: Okay. So first of all, the Thunder, they continue to add to their horde of draft picks. They pick up two, two future firsts, which um, have the potential to be valuable down the line. Um, and that you also get two second-round picks, you get an expiring contract and Cody Zeller, which will come off the books next year, and you get a great replacement for Chris Paul and Eric Bledsoe, who's who's a very good scorer, passer, and defender, and he's only getting paid 17 million a year, compared to Chris Paul, who's getting paid excess excess of 41 million
2: a year. Um
0: okay from above bu- from a thunder perspective to me the
2: the 2022 round 1 lottery protection
0: uh, I would want it to be lowered as the thunder because there are rumors that the 2022 draft could be the double draft um and by double draft I mean it could be the first year that high school seniors are allowed to enter the draft again. So you would get all the one-and-done kids that had to go to college for a year and all the high school seniors. So they just think that this might be a big influx, influx, influx of talent. So I would want to lower the protections on it, especially because the Hornets have been middling. They haven't shown to be a free agent destination. And while Darius Baisley and Dante DiVincenzo are these really solid pieces, I don't think either of them pops to the point where the Hornets are out of the lottery. So I would just want a—I would want to try and lower that protection. I understand why the Hornets would want to keep that protection high because you, they want a shot at a major player in a double draft, too. Um, that pick coming back from the bucks, it's smart to top eight protected just off the strength of you assume Giannis will be back, but you don't know. And just like Charlotte, Milwaukee has not been a big free agent destination. So if Giannis leaves, there's a real chance the bucks go back to sucking and then you want your pick. Like, if you have the number six pick or you have the number four pick, you want it. You don't want to be giving that to the Thunder because you made a win-now trade two years ago or three years ago. Um, The players they got are hit or miss for me. Like, Cody Zeller is solid, and Bledsoe is cool. Like, Bledsoe's cool in the regular season he's had some playoff disappointments but more so than anything for me like as long as he doesn't get in the way of what you're trying to build around uh sga he's fine he's cool he's somebody that he lived uh, sga's life before sga honestly he was under chris paul's tutelage like he got to learn from chris paul and chauncey billups when they were on the clippers before Billups tore his ACL, like that's those were his OGs, those were his vets. And like you know, SGA did the same thing, like he spent a year under Chris Paul. Now it's in this trade, at least in this scenario, it's yo, it's time to hear the keys to the Corvette. Let's see if you can
2: drive. Um, pitch it to me for the Bucks.
1: Okay, so. As you know, Giannis is scheduled to be a free agent next summer, and what the Bucks, the Bucks need an upgrade a point guard. I feel like that was made apparent in the postseason, and um, there's there's really no guy better guy on the market who's attainable than Chris Paul. Um, you know he was aw- he was awesome in OK- OKC last season. He led the league in clutch points. Um, he's just He's just like, he's got, he's got a knack for making big shots. And I think that'll come in handy in the playoffs. And I think if, I think if the Bucks made this trade, they would have a reg- real legitimate shot at winning a title. Plus you add in Malik Monk, who, who albeit is a streaky, a streaky scorer, he can get hot and he's really, there's no denying his talent.
0: It's funny you mentioned Malik Monk because he's a very central piece to this trade for me. Um, my first question simply is: You have Malik Monk and you have Dante Divincenzo. Who would you prefer to have?
1: Um, I would give the slight edge to Divincenzo, but I think in this, I think for the Bucks, I think Malik Monk could be a better like short-term answer as far as a guy who can come off the bench and the Bucks can rely on to, to get buckets. And DiVincenzo is more of a guy that does a little bit of everything, and I, which is why I think – I mean, he's M- – Monk's – I would say Monk is the better scorer, which, which is why – but <laughs> Monk is the better scorer, but DiVincenzo is the better player. That's what I would say.
0: So what you're getting to has been my recent Bucks take – the Bucks don't have anybody with sauce. Nobody on the Bucks has a bag. DiVincenzo probably has the most on that team. But what the difference between him and Monk is, is that Monk gives like that high variance. Hey, this guy might give us 35 tonight. He might only give us 12. But that variance or explodability is something the Bucks are missing. And while I think you're right that DiVincenzo is the better player, I also think you're right that Monk may be the better fit for the Bucks. They just need more of that whatever it is, like more of that punch, that spice, that fire. They just need more of it. So I was really excited when you put him in the trade. I'm also a huge Kentucky fan, in case anybody in the
2: world listening didn't know.
0: All right, and pitch it to me as the Hornets.
1: Okay, so, well, like you said, well, giving up that lottery-protected pick is, isn't easy to give up. For, first of all, you get two, two um, great young, two young prospects who I think have a lot of potential and Darius Baisley and DiVincenzo. Um, and then th- the rest of the guys you get really are expiring deals, DJ Wilson, Stephen Adams, Ersan Ilyasova, those are all guys who are going to come off the books. And that's, that's $37 million worth off the books next summer. And that's going to give the Hornets even more flexibility. Um, and as far as, as far as George Hill, who still has two years left on his deal, I feel like he would be a very solid mentor to someone like De- Devontae Graham, who still kind of trying to figure out how to become that efficient lead point guard that, that, can lead a, that can lead a team offensively. I think having George under his wing, having George Hill under his wing, I think is going to help him uh, develop as a player.
0: All right. So, I mean, I guess the Thunder are making out like bandits here. This is probably why I could never be a real GM, because, like, I really don't want to give up nothing. Like, as I'm looking at it from the Thunder, like, I know that they're internally very high on Darius Baisley. But also, to move off Chris Paul, they're... Like, you would have to give up something. And Baisley seems... Like, I know they're internally high on him, but the like they're getting off of Chris Paul and they're just building that war chest. And when you are, when you're a place like Oklahoma city, maybe I won't even say a place like Oklahoma city, when you have not, you have to show me things first. You have to show me the ability to attract free agents. They have never shown me that they didn't even show us that when they had when they had durant and westbrook they couldn't get the deal done on paul gasol so you had two top 10 players and you still couldn't attract free agents so accumulating assets to either draft your next star and or have enough in your war chest to go steal the next disgruntled star is monumentally important to teams that have sh- haven't shown us the ability to just go grab a free agent like the Lakers they don't need to stack their war chest cuz when free agent x hits free agency they're going to be on the short list Miami the same thing and i know some of that is climate and city but you can you can attract with, with a good product, you normally can attract good players. But that's not always the case. Like, OKC has... Who's their best free agent signing? Like, just off the top of your head. Who's the time we were like, damn, OKC got him off free agency? Yeah. Don't, give yourself a, don't give yourself a headache, because I can't think of no one. I just, and, like, they had two league MVPs. They had what is – Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer of all time in my mind, and they couldn't get anybody to come hoop with them. They couldn't get not one ring chaser. They couldn't get the David Wests of the world. So OKC needs – like, they'd have to give up Baisley because while I think Baisley could be good, I don't think he's going to be a superstar in two more cracks at – two first round cracks at draft assets plus two second rounders particularly that 2022 one because even if it is lottery
2: protected the idea is there's in a given year there's at least
0: six one and done's in the first round and then there's always a college senior or two that pops so that's eight guys right there and then There's always the intrigue of five-star high school guys. So maybe the Hornets somehow make the playoffs and you get 16 from them. There's a chance that you're getting a really good player at 16 because the extra influx of talent from high school seniors. Like those four or five stars that are going to go to Kentucky and those three or four that are going to go to Duke and the two that are going to go to Kansas. Those guys might just all skip and be like, no, basketball or sports in general, you have such a short job expectancy that I'm going to
2: start getting my money a year earlier. I like your trade. For the Thunder, it is a
0: projected minus 21 wins, which is fine to me because Chris Paul is that damn good. Um, for the Bucks, it is a minus 15 wins. I don't all the way like that. I just, they had the best record in the league. So um, losing wins could be expected. I don't think they'll be 15 wins worse adding in Chris Paul. And then for the Hornets, this is a projected 39 plus wins. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and tell the algorithm to get all the way out of (laughs) here. I wouldn't project the Hornets to win 39 more games if they won
2: one game. I wouldn't project them to be at 40 this year. Me neither. But that, like, I understand they brought in pros, and I'd be interested to see what
0: DiVincenzo,
2: Rozier, and Devontae Graham look like on the court together. And, like, it's, it's the start of a nice young core, like, when you think of Graham,
0: DiVincenzo, Baisley, P.J. Washington... And whoever they get with this first co- with this first round pick coming up uh, this Wednesday, because we didn't trade their first round pick this time
2: I mean, it's cool. It's It's a lot of moving pieces. I think
0: the Thunder are 100 percent in just because they got they just got so much to add to the war chest and you're just – you're waiting for the next disgruntled star. Like, that's what you're
2: always looking for. Like, that's I a... wish – oh, go ahead.
1: Sorry. Um, I was going to say that that's a... – when I, when I made this trade, that's one of the main thoughts was that if, if the Thunder have this, this many picks, like, they're going to be, like, the first team in line for whenever – any superstar says I want out because I feel like I feel like they'll they'll have a chance to get anyone on the market,
0: and it and it happens so frequently. Like whether you believe what Ryan Rossillo from uh, the Ringer was saying or not, like Devin Booker's name popped up as somebody who's disgruntled. Well, now you have assets to go after Devin Booker, um, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. Uh, don't like the direction that the Houston Rockets are heading. Maybe they don't fit your timeline, but you have assets if you want to do it. The name that everybody's sort of waiting to pop off right now is, hey, Tommy Shepard, is Bradley Beal available? And he was on Zach Lowe's podcast the other day saying, no, he's not available. We're not taking calls for him. But,
2: this is the NBA. Things change really really fast. All right, and let's see have uh, Would you can uh will you allow me to pitch you a trade real quick?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: This is the trade trade of the day. So Let's take a look at it. The three teams involved are the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, and the Spurs. The Pelicans will be receiving C.J. McCollum and Rodney Hood. The Trailblazers will be receiving DeMar DeRozan and Drew Holiday. And the Spurs receive Anthony Simons, Nazir Little, Trevor Ariza, and a 2020 round one pick from the Blazers, which is this year's draft. So that would be, I'd have to look it up, but I'd assume around pick 24, 23.
2: So what do you think for everybody here?
1: Um, is, is like the full trade on, on the website so I could like,
0: Yep, just go right to trademba.com and then you should be able to go to trade of the day.
1: Um,
2: it's on the home screen and trade of the day. For me, I'm always into CJ. I don't. Getting DeMar and Drew Holiday to the Blazers is interesting. Were you
0: able to find the trade?
1: I was not. (laughs) Um, It says, like, the the trade says it's between, like, the Clippers and Pistons, like the trade of the day.
0: Okay, I don't know why I have a different one. All right, well, it's CJ and... The Pelicans receive CJ and Rodney Hood, and the player—the only player that they send out—is Drew Holiday.
1: So, so um, Rosen and Rosen and Holiday to the Blazers.
2: Yes, and
0: then the Spurs get Anthony Simons, Nazir Little. Trevor Ariza and a twenty
2: in the Blazers' first-round pick this year.
1: I definitely like that move for the Spurs. I mean, they get younger, and they they trade someone who's probably not going to stay there long-term. In my opinion,
0: and DeRozan agreed. Right. You just get a you get a bunch of young guys with a chance to hit. Like Anthony Simons has had he's had moments where he can be really good.
1: I like his jumper a lot. I think it's really smooth.
0: Um, Nazir Little is hasn't shown, shown much, much, but I normally believe in those guys that were five stars coming out of high school. I normally tend to give them a little bit of you've watched them be the best within their peer group
2: for a long time. And I know that doesn't always matter, but, like, there, I do hold some weight to that. So Drew, Dame, and Damar.
0: I don't know if I love this for the Blazers. I like them getting Drew. I just don't... I don't know that Damar... Damar DeRozan doesn't do much for me, personally. Like... He just doesn't do much for me from any standpoint on the court. He's, I understand he's very good, but he doesn't do much for me aesthetically. And I don't know that he moves the needle much for the Blazers.
1: I'm not sure how much of a winning player DeRozan is. Yeah, like he just doesn't do...
0: I think the Blazers would rather ride out this Damon-CJ thing then make this shake up, especially because I don't know that DeMar stays. I don't know if, if DeMar goes to Portland and he's like, oh, I definitely want to re-sign here. I feel like the Blazers are giving up. It, it's close, but to me, the Blazers are giving up the best player in this, in this trade, as well as all the young talent and the draft pick. If I was Neil O'Shea, I'd hang up the phone on y'all. Like, the more I look at this, the more I'm, why, why are we doing this? Why am I giving up the best player? Maybe he's not better than Drew, but it's definitely a conversation. And now I'm giving up two young assets and a draft pick for a dude who I don't know if he impacts winning. And I don't know if he's staying. And I run the risk of pissing Dame off. Nah, man, if I'm Neil O'Shea, I'm extra cool. Y'all, I'm cool.
1: Yeah, kind of like, like a desperate move for the Blazers if they made this trade.
0: And if I'm the Spurs, I, I, can't, I can't say yes fast enough. I'm, I'm, I'm dying to get off DeMar because he's leaving probably. I'm getting two young talents, also both five stars. I told you half your know about five stars and the draft pick.
2: I can't say yes fast enough the league up because I don't want the Blazers to realize I'm I'm robbing them. And as the Pelicans, I get it. Like you want to get off Drew, you want to get
0: value for Drew. CJ super fly. Like, he steps in as the lead ball handler. Or like he can play some of it with Lonzo, but like he's your It works for me for everybody but the Blazers. Like, I feel like the Blazers just
2: got swindled. But, like, everybody else, like, I see why you would do it. If the Blazers,
1: like, the thing is, in in theory, like, on paper, it's not a bad trade for the Blazers. But even if – even with DeRozan and Holiday, they're still definitely not the best team in the West, and – it's it would be far from a certainty that they that they'd be able to make like a deep playoff run. It
2: just uh, I do think that Drew and Dame together in the backcourt
0: could be cool. I just don't, and I guess Demar, Demar could fill the role that Mello was playing. He'd be obviously much better at it. Like there's, it makes sense. It just, it's a lot of shaking up for. I don't know that it moves you up anywhere from where you were. Like if you were the five seed last year, does this move make you the two seed, the three seed, or are you still the five seed?
2: And they weren't the five seed, they were the eighth seed. Does this move make you the seventh seed the sixth seed or are you still fighting for the eighth seed with phoenix and the grizzlies if i was neil o'shea i'd hit them with the nah it couldn't be me dog (laughs) yeah Um, but i i just don't see it but since
0: this is from somebody submitted this we can see what uh, the tradeNBA.com community thinks of it. The NBA community thinks um, chances of the Spurs doing this um, seventy-five to ninety percent. I agree. I think the think the Spurs are hundred percent in. They gave up Demar Derozan. That's it. That's what they gave up, and we think Demar might be leaving anyway. Um, chances of the Pelicans doing this, 65 to 85%. You're getting CJ, you're getting Rodney Hood, and you've been trying to move Drew Holiday anyway. The Blazers, chances of doing this, 50 to 75%. See, I'm not rolling with y'all on this one. Like I said, if I'm Neil O'Shea, I'm cool. Y- y'all will be all right. Like, I, I never want to give up the best player in the deal which like i said is arguable but to me cj is the best player in the deal then i'm giving up the best young player in the deal you know how i know i'm giving up the best young player in the deal because i'm the only one giving up a young player and then third i definitely don't want to be the only one giving up
2: draft capital too. like three strikes you're out at the old ball game But that's just me. This is Jesse. I had a great time on with you.
0: We will definitely do this again. We'll probably get on and talk some regular trades, too, because the moratorium is going to lift very soon. So if you could pitch your socials one more time, bro.
1: Okay, so you guys can follow me on Twitter, at Jesse. that's C-I-N-Q-U-I-N-I-J-E-S-S-E. And um, I want to say thank you to Rob for having me on again. Um, and I hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. We definitely
0: will. Don't forget that Jesse also writes for theplaygrounder.com as well as the Grizzly Bear Blues. But don't forget he is a Boston Celtics fan through and through. Jesse, thanks for coming on. Guys, this has been the Playgrounder NBA Trade Podcast. I would love if you guys would like, rate, and review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. I
2: have been Rob Shaw, a.k.a. The Pod God. Thank you for listening.